from WJFF Radio Catskill, this is Close to Home, the podcast that explores the people, issues, and institutions in the Catskill Mountains, the heart of small-town America. I'm your host, Leif Johansson. Hey, thanks for tuning in. A couple of weeks ago, I was chatting with Chrissy Walsh, the owner of Thompson Sanitation, the Sullivan County-based waste hauling company. I was asking her if there were any local or state subsidies offered for garbage removal companies, to which she replied that there are not, and when I followed up to ask what people did with their trash before companies like Thompson Sanitation serendipitously popped up in our area, this was her response. Yeah, I think back in the day, people burned. Um, there was also recycling facilities where you could get your, it's just like five cent bottles, right? You could go to a, a facility and bring your aluminum cans, but people had burn barrels. People probably still do. I don't think they're supposed to, but. And more composting, you know, people would just ditch their stuff out in their yard and you know, that's a big part of our waste now is is food. Right. So this ends up being an interesting foray into behavioral economics. Before you could pay a nominal fee to have your garbage and recycling picked up, people either brought their trash to the nearest transfer station or they dealt with it themselves with burning barrels and compost piles. Now, obviously, there is a wide body of well-established research on the harm to both our health and the environment from using burning barrels for our trash. But composting? There isn't anything wrong with that. And it would have been an activity that would have been incentivized by the lack of garbage haulers back in the day. Why? Because somewhere between 30 and 50% of our waste stream is organic material that doesn't need to go into landfills. And so much of that material can just be composted in our own backyards. So if it means less time schlepping our trash over to the transfer station, it makes sense that lots of people would choose to compost. But with the ease of garbage hauling services that can do weekly pickups right at your home, it's even easier for us not to compost. And that kinda checks out. Between 2010 and 2017, rates of composting in the US didn't substantially increase, and from 2017 to 2018, they dropped by 2%. As long as it is more convenient for us not to compost, the reality is that most of us won't do it, even as our landfills are filling up. Now, obviously, I am not advocating for us to get rid of our trash hauling services. Those are both useful and also important to maintaining health and safety in our communities. But I do want to talk about composting today. Because we generate a mind-blowing amount of organic waste in the U.S. And perhaps you've seen this statistic before, that about 40% of the food we grow eventually gets thrown out. And according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, that's true. So now more than ever, we need to see innovation in this sector. And if we get this right locally, we could stand to save a bunch of money and decrease our environmental impact while we're at it. But we'll get back to Sullivan County a little bit later in the program. 
First, I wanted to find a rural area that has already managed to innovate in the world of waste management. And it turns out, I didn't have to look very far. Yep, so our composter is uh, one of a kind in New York State so far. So they built this back in 2003, 2004. They built a large composting facility here in Delaware County. It's a, a Comparec technology. There are other ones throughout the country and definitely throughout the world. Uh, we just happen to be the only one in New York State. That's Tyson Robb, the solid waste coordinator for Delaware County, New York. So this thing is 20 years old now. How is it that this is the only composting facility of its kind in New York State? Um, why is it the only one? I guess I'm I'm not sure. I mean, it was an expensive <laughs> operation to get off the ground um, in 2004. I think it was uh, 23 around 23 million, 24 million dollars in 2004 dollars. Um, so it takes quite a bit of money to to initiate one of these projects. And yeah, so it's it's segregating out the organics, you know, separating out your food waste and and anything that's compostable. So paper and you know those kind of things that don't make it through our recycling uh, facility. Um, the, those organics will be uh, separated, and so that our landfill doesn't does not receive much organics at all. Um, and that is a big push for New York State as they consider the climate impacts of methane and other gases that are generally produced from landfills. How do all of those organics get separated and put into this composting facility, even if they were initially combined with non-organics? And then once they're there, how does the composting facility actually work and break this down? Yeah, so what sets this facility aside is um, a portion of the facility that we call the bioreactor. It's a large rotating drum. You know, it's like 14 feet around and some 160 feet long, maybe. And that is where the material initially enters the facility. And that is acting on a process known as accelerated fermentation. And so the material goes in there and it's rotated, it's agitated around in a in a somewhat soft manner. There's no grinding or pulverizing of anything. Whereas if you look at some of the organic separators uh, that are coming out more recently for food scrap separation and that kind of stuff, they're, they're really using mechanical abrasion to separate out the organics and then screens after that. The bioreactor that we have is, like I said, it's accelerated fermentation. The, the organics break down into small material relatively quickly, you know, within three or four days. And then from there, uh, the process is similar to a lot of other composting facilities where we use trommels and screens and uh, magnets and various ways to uh, screen out other things that are not organics. How many people participate in this? I mean, is everyone necessarily participating in this composting just because they're throwing out organics and then they get separated out later down the the road here? Yep, you got it. Uh, yeah, so everybody is participating. Uh, we have around around 50,000 residents. So the material that we take into the composting facility is common household garbage. Uh, so that would include, you know, things that you throw out in your kitchen and things that you throw out in your bathroom. So if you think about that waste, you know, maybe in the bathroom, there's a lot of toilet paper rolls and some kind of paper product. 
that might have a coating on it. Similar in your kitchen, you might have paper plates, paper towels, chicken wing bones, things that you're not comfortable composting in your uh, home composting uh, if you have one of those. So it's that material that we take into the into the front end of the facility and separate out those organics. It's around it's about half of the material that's thrown away. I was reading an article in a Sullivan County newspaper from I think it was 2009 when a, a number of representatives from Sullivan County government came up and visited the facility, the composting facility in Delaware County, and. At the time, the representative from the facility said that although the system was working really well, there weren't a lot of people purchasing the finished compost at the end of the process. Now, this was obviously over 10 years ago. How is that looking today? Um, yeah, so it kind of comes and goes. Uh, probably our biggest cu- customer is DOT. Um, you know, so we work with private brokers um, and and soil blenders to facilitate uh, large DOT projects. So as they're improving 88 and you know these different interstates, um, they're they're looking for a certain organic content in the roadside areas to facilitate growth of plants and you know help with erosion control and that kind of stuff. So that's one of our largest customers for sure. What does the future of this program look like? A lot of maintenance, (laughs) you know, like you said, I mean, that's 20 years, uh, which has been a good run, Um, you know, and, and we're, we're keeping up on it. We're the way that it was structured is that they built the, they brought the, a lot of the equipment in and then built a building around that. So we do a lot of fabrication and a lot of maintenance. There's some, some ways that we could improve maybe uh, some of the systems that were installed, but really we're entering a heavy maintenance period. Will the whole system have to shut down for a time during maintenance? Oh, we do. Yeah, we shut down every year. Um, just just routinely uh, for maintenance, we shut down for about a month. Hmm. Um, we work on some stuff that we can't work on when we're operational. Well, last year there was two shutdowns. This year there'll also be two shutdowns. Uh, we're resheathing part of the structure. That's one of the things, you know. Given that this is such a unique program in New York State, do you have any advice for counties that are interested in developing this sort of program down the road? It's all about public outreach, public education, you know, and then financing from there for one of these, if we were looking for a system that was this size. I mean, you can, I think a lot of the the concepts are scalable, like you can always start smaller. And there, and I think that, like you said, there's a lot of interest in New York State and and food food scrap uh, compost and you know removing the organics from landfills or preventing organics from getting into landfills, and that's good. But I think any of these systems are going to have to deal with some amount of packaging, some amount of contamination that needs to be screened out of that material in one way or another. So uh, we have a system that works pretty good for that. So, like I said, I think some of our systems could be scaled to any size operation. Is your understanding that this was developed because there were a handful of locals in Delaware County that really wanted to make this happen and they went out and and made the financing work and whatnot for it? I mean, what was the the impetus for this initially in Delaware County? The impetus for it was, I mean, Delaware County took uh, ownership of its waste very early on um, in the 70s. Solid waste regulation really started coming into a reality for local municipalities. And Delaware County decided that they were going to manage their own waste. And so we cited a landfill and started operating on the site where the landfill is today. 
a good portion, little over half, half of our county is in the New York City watershed. And so in the late 90s, uh, New York City made some substantial investments into our wastewater treatment plants. And so they upgraded those treatment plants, uh, or they were going to upgrade those treatment plants, and they realized how much sludge we were going to have. So one of the hardest materials to handle for a landfill is sludge. Uh, so biosolids coming out of a wastewater treatment plant. And those are really high in nutrient value um, and can make a good uh, good compost out of those. Um, so we started looking into the potential of composting. So there's there's a number of other co-composting facilities around New York State. Uh, composting biosolids is very much not unique to Delaware County. When you landfill them, the, the biosolids tend to have a lot of moisture in them. And they also do not stack up very well. So a landfill's uh, life is measured in its airspace. So we only have so much space for our landfill. <clears throat> so to conserve space in a landfill, um, they started looking at composting. So in order to compost biosolids, uh, like I said, they're really high in nutrients. I mean, you could think about just uh, nitrogen, for example. There's a carbon to nitrogen ratio that is advantageous for plants. Whereas if you get too much nitrogen, it's going to leach into the soil. If you have too much carbon, it's going to bind up the nitrogen and not be available for your plants. To, so to make a good compost or a good soil amendment, you need to balance the carbon and the nitrogen. So biosolids being very high in nitrogen, you need to introduce some carbon in some kind of way. Uh, other facilities, co-composting facilities around the state, they'll use um, wood chips um, and quite a bit of wood chips. Delaware County uh, realized that you could extract the carbon or the organics out of uh, common household garbage and use that as an amendment to the biosolids to facilitate that composting process and balance out that carbon to nitrogen ratio. So the inception, the, the motivation for the folks in Delaware County was is one long seated in a tradition of handling our own wastes, uh, handling our own materials um, in county. And that, and combined with the the upgrades to the wastewater treatment plants that New York City made, uh, we realized we needed to see if we could figure out something else to do with the biosolids than put them in a landfill. Because we would have closed our landfill long ago if we were just landfilling all of all of the biosolids. It would have shut us down years ago. Following my conversation with Tyson, I wanted to see where Sullivan County was in its development of a composting program. If you've been listening to Close to Home for a while, you may remember an episode we did about two years ago with Bill Cutler, the then recycling coordinator for Sullivan County. And although our conversation focused more on recycling, Bill mentioned that the county was in the process of finalizing a plan for a composting program to be piloted at some point in the near future. So the initial steps will be look something like over the next couple of years, maybe the development of a, a pilot residential drop-off program. So you may start to see on our social media page, Sullivan Recycles, you may see some information about green bins being set up at transfer stations. And for more information, please click here. 
that will get you information about how to participate in those programs in the future. We want to make sure folks have the tools up front to know what should be in that compost bin, how we're going to collect it, where we're going to collect it, what we're going to do with it when we get it. And eventually, when we get some metrics behind us with that residential pilot program, we think that's the time to start thinking about developing that permanent commercial composting facility. There are some very positive objectives uh, that have been identified in the initial plan at this point, and that plan should be finalized in the next few weeks. That will give the legislature a document to look at, something to review, to ask questions about, to really tear apart. And ultimately, it's our county legislature that will set that policy uh, for us in the future. So as a follow-up to that conversation from March 2021, I got on the phone recently with our current recycling coordinator, Cassie Thelman, to see how that compost program is progressing. I'm currently working on um, our Sullivan County Organics program. Um, We hope to be able soon to collect compost in our county. So there's a lot of paperwork that comes behind that. And um, we're still working on getting all of our approvals and permits, uh, but we are moving forward and we're hoping to start a pilot program with about 400 residents. um, So we can really start to see what food collection will look like at the county level in Sullivan. So what's the plan for how that would work? Would the compost and, and organic items be sorted out of people's waste or or would this be a separate bin that people would be putting organics into that would then have to be dropped off somewhere or or picked up somehow? So currently um, we don't accept, as you know, we don't accept organics at any of our transfer stations. Um, Currently we are um, encouraging residents to compost at home if they have the capability to do so. With this pilot program that we're launching, we are going to provide, we want to start with 400 residents, so it's something manageable for us, and we're going to provide um, at-home composting kits, which will include a countertop bucket um, and also a bigger bucket, about five or six gallons, maybe to leave in the basement or the garage. And our hope is that uh, residents will use their countertop buckets, fill up the uh, five or six gallon bucket, and then bring it to one of our drop-offs locations at our uh, transfer stations, uh, which we have six of throughout the county. So once that takes off, we are then going to be bringing those organics out of county as as we get started. And then hopefully our long-term goal is to be able to keep the compost right in the county and make our own compost here. So so right now, residents would, would have a, two composting bins in their house, one on the countertop, one they can keep elsewhere. Then the impetus is on the residents to drop that compost off with the county and the county ships it out of the county to a larger composting uh, finishing facility. So it it sounds like this is a a complicated process as of right now. And, And the impetus is significantly on county residents to kind of make this happen, to maintain compost in their own homes. Are there future plans to kind of simplify that process, not just for having a large-scale composting facility in the county, but for residents as well? 
Sure. So, I mean, as always, if, if you have the capability to compost at home, that's the most sustainable option. So the reason we would want to have uh, a drop-off location at our transfer facilities are for the people who that's just not an option for. Maybe they live in an apartment or in one of the villages and um, they're just not able to create a, a safe, workable, um, organic pile outside at their homes. So by bringing it to the landfill, we're providing more options to reduce our food waste, uh, keep it out of the landfill. The reason currently we are looking to bring to Ulster County is that they have a working uh, compost collection and organics collection facility that's up and running and um, that we've all taken tours of, you know, and by we all, I mean myself and, and the individuals who work at our transfer stations. So we're hoping to use the knowledge that we gain from this experience to then bring it here in in the county. And yes, it will be a a long-term project and it's not going to be overnight. Best way to reduce our carbon footprints is, you know, to keep our our own waste within our county. And that is our ultimate goal. And and that's what we're working on. What have been the initiatives and processes lately to get people to compost at their own homes. I imagine that it is really difficult to change human behavior. And while I have absolutely no data to back this up, I will assume that the vast majority of Sullivan County residents do not have composting at home. That's a great question. I actually don't have any numbers on that. Um, Off the top of my head, I might be able to you know, that, that that's a great thing. And I would be interested in maybe doing a survey if we could do that in the county. I, I think a great way to make change in the county is, well, in anywhere really, is to get in front of students and, and young people. Um, so a lot of what I'm trying to do is um, make connections in the school and set up different tours and presentations so that I can show students and, and young individuals the importance of composting and how it can make a difference. Um, and then I, I think it's common that students bring these ideas home to their families, and that's kind of how we keep it growing and, and get the knowledge out there. I also asked Cassie about the Delaware County composting program. And if the future scaled-up Sullivan County program might end up looking something like that. Um, currently, there's a, a lot of different talks about different options and different ways that you, not even just compost but recycling as well can be separated. That could be a potential. I would think it's more likely that we're going to have to continue to separate our, our organics. Just like um, currently, if you comp- even if you get your garbage picked up at your house uh, from a private hauler or if you bring it to the one of the our transfer stations you have to separate your recyclables and your garbage so I I would envision that that will remain the same with compost as well it will have to be separated Um, but I'm not aware of what's going on in Delaware County but I'm definitely going to check it out I I didn't know about that one so I'm, I'm glad you brought it up so I could check that out. So if we did scale up a composting program in Sullivan County, what might it look like? Is there a world where we have a separate bin for compost that we roll to the end of our driveways for pickup from a waste hauling company? Here's Chrissy Walsh again. 
Yeah, there's there's people that do do it. Um, I don't know if that's something that, you know, I would head into or not. You know, it would have to be on an as-need basis. But I know there are commercial people out there that do pick up compost waste. I've never seen them here, but um, Ulster County has quite a few companies. So what they do is they'll go to grocery stores, you know, lettuce, uh, meat scraps, that kind of thing. So they do have separate bins. They have a different, I guess, volume, right? There's more people that live there. And it's really to get the garbage out of the waste stream. Whether or not we manage to have our compost picked up at our homes or we develop a system like Delaware County's that separates organics and non-organics at a large county-run facility at some point in the future, we are still going to have to deal with the fact that most of what ends up in our waste stream now is going into trucks and getting hauled up to the Seneca Meadows landfill near Syracuse, New York for disposal. And that landfill is almost full. So I asked Cassie Thelman about what the plan is when we can't dump our trash up there anymore. We've actually, that's been a big topic of discussion these past few months um, with the legislators and within the county and the Department of Public Works. It's, it's still up in the air. We're in the process of getting together a solid waste committee. Um, so more individuals can get involved in this discussion. It's likely that Seneca Meadows will get an extension on their landfill, but, you know, you can't count on that. So we do have to come up with a solution. Are we going to ship it to Ohio or down south or up to Canada? Are we going to pay? How are we going to truck it? Are we going to put it on a train? We really have to come up with a solution. And it's a, like you said, it's a pressing matter right now with the possibility that Seneca Meadows could be closing soon. So currently the county is still working on options and different solutions. I don't think anything is off the table right now, but we really need to uh, dive deeper and figure out what we're going to do. Is your sense that if we do end up shipping to Ohio or down south or, or elsewhere further away than Seneca Meadows, that county residents would end up paying more for that service? It's very likely. And we're seeing that in other counties not just near us, but all throughout the state. Um, currently, New York State DEC is not approving any any new permits for landfills in New York State. So as locations like Seneca Meadows are closing, other counties are experiencing an increase in costs, and it is likely that we will have to increase our tipping fees as, you know, the further away that we bring our garbage, the more expensive it is going to be to our residents in the county. While it's obviously a step in the right direction that Sullivan County is putting in the legwork to encourage composting and it's developing a long-term composting plan, here's my concern. When we think about this through the lens of behavioral economics, what's less costly to us? Setting up and maintaining a two-stage indoor composting system and occasionally driving its contents over to a transfer station for pickup so it can be hauled to a different county for processing, or just throwing our food scraps in the trash. 
even though many of us might be inclined to argue that it is the morally right thing to do to participate in Sullivan County's proposed composting program, and aside from the carbon footprint of hauling the compost to Ulster County, it probably is, my guess is that it will ultimately get minimal buy-in. And because of that, we'll all lose out, and the cost of disposing our waste will increase as we send it further and further afield once Seneca Meadows does close in Syracuse. My other concern here is the time frame of all of this. When I talked to Bill Cutler two years ago, he also told me about how the county is developing a pilot plan for a compost program. And I get it, there is a bunch of bureaucracy to go through to launch something like this, but to hear a similar response now as I did two years ago does feel disheartening. And as time goes on, I'm hoping that we'll see more collaboration with our neighbors in Delaware County as well on composting. Because these are urgent problems, and the less waste we ship to Syracuse or Ohio or down south, the smaller our carbon footprint is, and the more money we save as a community. Thank you so much to Chrissy Walsh, Tyson Robb, and Cassie Thelman for taking time out of their busy days to chat on today's program, and as always, thank you for listening. I'm Leif Johansson, and this is Close to Home, a podcast from WJFF Radio Catskill. If you're enjoying this program and you want to hear more, you can always find all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, or at wjffradio.org.